0: Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. The Lord. Amen. Great to be in the house of the Lord again tonight. Yes. Amen. Amen. Even with Christmas coming up. Right. Amen. We may as well celebrate his birth in the house of God. Yes. Amen. Well, hallelujah. <clears throat> Sounds like a good idea to me anyways. <clears throat> Praise God. But I'm thankful to be in the presence of the Lord tonight. Amen. And I don't plan to be long tonight, but... You know how the best laid plans of men can go. Praise God. I was <clears throat> at a church one time about nine or ten years ago. Never met the pastor before, and we're standing in his office, and he, it had been an interesting experience to that point anyways. But Then he looks at me and said, how long do you usually preach? I said, well, 25, 30 minutes at that point in time. Praise God. And he goes, good. He said, that's how long I preach, 30, 35 minutes. That's what my people are programmed for. He said, I'll go along good. I said, all right, no problem. hour and 15 minutes later, we closed out. Praise God. He called his neighboring pastor, who I happened to be preaching for the next night, and told him I preached him an entire week of revival in one night. (laughs) Amen. So we'll try not to do that tonight. Praise God. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6. Amen. This one verse of scripture well known, Matthew 5 and 6 says, blessed are they which do Hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. For a little bit tonight, I want to preach, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Can you lift your hands? Ask the Lord to have his way in this place. Lord, we love you, Jesus. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your touch, Lord, that we feel in this place tonight, God. Lord, we're asking that your perfect will would be done in this place, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And you may be seated. Praise God. Amen. Brother Jared and Brother Sean are going to pretend like they've never heard this message before. Amen. Because they happened to be in Gardner one time when I preached it there. But amen. I'll promise you it won't be the same. Well, hallelujah. Amen. I've preached the same thing in the same church before because that's what I felt, so that's what I did. Amen. I've heard stories of some folks preach the same thing night after night, night after night. Someone came and complained about it. I said, why do you keep preaching this? They said, well, when you get it, I'll go on to something else. Praise God. So, amen. For the two of them, I guess they didn't get it the other time. Praise God. <laughs> <Praise> God. <laughs> Anyways, a few years ago, it's been, oh, actually, next month will be 11 years, or 10, 10 years, I guess. Me and my wife, if it had been 11 years ago, she wouldn't have been my wife yet. So, 10 years ago, we pulled into this little town called Waynesville, Missouri. We were headed that way, all the way from Oregon. Weather was terrible through uh, Colorado, Nebraska, so we went up through California, drove 2,800 miles till we finally got there. He calls me that morning, and he asked me where I was, and I told him I was pulling out of Oklahoma City. He said, well, you better just pour on, the, pour on the gas. And I said, why is that? He said, we got a men's out tonight. We're leaving at 5 o'clock. And I looked at my clock, and I'm like, well, praise the Lord amen so we pushed the gas pedal down or the fuel pedal it was a diesel wound up some black smoke and off we went and I, I pulled in about 10 minutes to five and all the men were sitting there and they helped me set my trailer up real quick changed some clothes jumped in the church van with a bunch of folks I'd never seen in my life hey man I'd never been in the mid in Missouri before and it was a whole new experience for me. As nine of us got in the van and off we went and they were rambunctious and rowdy and they were so excited to be going to this restaurant and uh, being not from the area, it didn't mean anything to me when they said that we was headed to Lambert's Cafe. It meant nothing to me. I, I, it is a restaurant. Praise the Lord. We was driving an hour. We was going to eat. And uh, we got there, and it didn't look like anything special. And then we walked inside, and it was rowdy and loud, and, and there was carrying on. And we sat down. They put us in a table that would fit six men, and we had nine of us. And we jammed into this table. And, and uh, it, it was getting more interesting. And then all of a sudden, uh, all the men's hands started flying up. And they're like, roll,
1: roll, roll.
0: And I'm like, what in the world are they doing? And the next thing I know, they're flying over my head. And I was introduced to the home of Throat Rolls. So I put my hand up and caught one too and ate that one down. And then they told me I would messed up because I put honey on it. And they said, yeah, I put sorghum molasses on it. So I needed to solve my error. So I got another one and I tried that one out. And, uh, and then I ordered my food and then I was introduced to the, uh, to the luxury of Lambert's giving refills on your entree. Praise the Lord. And I ordered fried shrimp. It came with six huge shrimp. And uh, I, I decided I wasn't in the Northwest anymore, and I needed to get out and try some new stuff. So I ordered turnip greens for the first time in my life and uh, and fried potatoes, and I don't remember what else. And then they had to pass arounds, and And we ate, and boy, we got rowdy. I ordered a refill on my shrimp just because I could, not because I needed to. And and uh, they gave me four more of them, and I ate those four. And, uh, and I was so full by the time we got done. I mean, it, it was just ridiculous ridiculous. ridiculous how much food I ate that day. I've been been on a diet for a few months. I'm telling you that must have been about four days worth of food right there in one meal. And uh, I actually tried to look it up today just to see how many calories it were. And amazingly enough, Lambert's does not give out their nutritional information. Praise God. If you're on a diet, you're just on your own. I couldn't find it anywhere. The best thing I could find is that each roll was like 200 and some calories. And I think I ate four of them that night. So, hey, man, we, we, we put the calories down. We got back in the van. The springs were sagging. And, uh, and we headed back to Waynesville. And I got there and sat down in the trailer. And I, I was, ate so much I was hurting. I mean, I'm telling you, I was hurting. And, uh, and my wife got to talking. And she went to Ruby Tuesdays that night. Amen. So I rubbed it in pretty hard where I went. And, uh, and, 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 and then I, we went to bed. Woke up the next day freezing cold. And we were introduced to Midwest weather. It was nice one day, freezing cold the next, and that's how January was, and that was our introduction to Missouri. And in the meantime, I had ran out of propane that night. It had no heat in my trailer. And so the pastor come and got me. We ran and filled up my propane tanks and hooked it all back up again, found out my water pipe was frozen. We had to thaw that out. It, it was just a great day. And then when all that got done, I, I sat back and uh, realized that I was hungry. didn't matter that i had ate that night before until i was sick till i was hurting i had ate so much food but it didn't matter because the next day i was
1: hungry again and i had to go find myself something to eat because i found myself to be hungry it doesn't matter how much you eat today i'm telling you sometime tomorrow you will be hungry again it doesn't matter how much you fill up on a Sunday night when the music's playing and we got the shout going on and we're responding to the preaching and we get filled up to overflowing. i am tell you the very next day, we can't neglect, but we've gotta go back to God again. We gotta make so full and we think it can last till the next service I'm telling you it won't last till the next day you better make sure every day that you're filling up again you get your Bible out begin to read and pray and seek God and make sure you're full every day hallelujah 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 I tell you what I've been on some fast before and it gets to a point where you're just craving food we ought to be the same way in our walk with God that every morning when we wake up we're craving some more food we're desiring again to reach out and get a hold of him hallelujah
0: praise God Hey man, I've seen some folks that think that they can go a month on one blessing. Hey man, they let loose; the whole church goes let's loose with them because they ain't seen them let loose for a month, and it's another month before they let loose again. But I'm telling you, you can't go a month without. You only eat once a month. Eventually, you're not going to survive. Your body needs food. Hey, man, you can fast for an extended period of time. I understand that the longest I've ever gone is a week, and that's a long time without food. I've known some that have gone 30 and 40 days without it, and I tip my hat to them. I've not done that before, but I'm telling you, there eventually comes a point in time when you have to stop and eat, or you will die. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, if you think we can go once a month feeding at the master's table let me tell you something you're going to be weak very very weak hallelujah amen I'm telling you when you when you're in a fast if you go long enough eventually it really does start to affect your your way of life amen you're body will become a little weaker. You won't have the energy that you have when you're constantly supplying your body with energy. Hey, man, I've always had plenty of extra stored up just in case I have a food shortage. Hey, man, but I don't have as much storage up as I used to. And, uh, but eventually there's going to come a day if you're fasting that you're going to have to eat because your body's going to get weak. And it'll start turning on itself and start eating vital organs. Amen. Hey man, start messing everything up. Hey, I, I, that, that week fast that I went on, I remember getting into it. You, you just don't think as clearly as you did when you started. We're in the middle of a church remodel at my father-in-law's, and I was still trying to work and uh, doing some trim work, and I miscut a few pieces that week. Amen. Just wasn't thinking. Couldn't remember. I'd get out there and start cutting and forget my measurements. Have to go remeasure again. And uh, this wasn't quite. This my mind wasn't where it needed to be because I I was doing something. Yes, I was putting my flesh under subjection. It was a good thing, but at the same time, the effect on my body was you was telling. Right. Right. Amen. And so I got to craving food. Me and my wife went to the grocery store and I walked her through the bakery. Amen. They had just baked pizza bread. Smelled so good. She was mad at me for a week, praise God. But it smelled good. I had to go walk through it to smell it. But eventually it gets to a place where you have to eat. You wonder sometimes why the victories aren't coming like you think they should. And you can't fight the enemy off like you think you should be able to. Maybe you've been on a spiritual fast. You haven't been praying enough haven't been digging in enough and all of a sudden you're getting weak spiritually because you're not feeding uh, your soul.
1: Oh, Jesus! Amen. It gets to a place where we can't win the victory like we think we should. We're not having the growth uh, that we think we should. I'm telling you, the problem's not that the word's not coming forward. The problem's not that the food's not there to eat, but we have to open our own mouths, and we have to partake. I remember a few years ago, some folks left a church, and the reason they left was because they said they weren't being fed, and the reason they weren't being fed is they weren't opening their mouth and eating. It wasn't because they weren't being preached to. It wasn't because the word of God wasn't coming forward. They refused to open their mouth and eat.
0: I tell you what, as a parent, it's frustrating sometimes. Because you know your children need to eat. And you can put the food there. And they don't want to eat it. I threatened my oldest child the other day and told her I was going to feed her like a baby if she didn't eat. I can't even force her mouth open to get the food in there. She has to want to eat. She's got to open her mouth and feed herself. No one can make me eat. I've, I've got to do it myself. And no one can make you eat when you're in the house of God and the table's spread before you. No one can force us to open our mouth and partake of the Master's feast. And if we starve to death on a church pew, it's because somewhere we let our hunger go away. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a story, I know I preached about this a couple of months ago, but Syria had besieged Samaria amen you talk about hunger these folks were as hungry as you can get horrible horrible place they were eating doves dung and goats heads and eating their own children amen that's i I can't even imagine that can't imagine being that kind of hungry we read about the mother who came that was so angry because her and another mother had made a deal Today will boil my child. Tomorrow yours. She wasn't mad because she had cooked her own child. She was mad because the other woman hid hers. Horrible. Horrible conditions. Hungry. 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 Sitting at the gate of the city. There were four lepers. Sitting at the gate. And they were sitting there and they were just as hungry as everybody inside. They were starving to death too. When the people inside are starving, they are not got no scraps left over for you to eat. So if you're a beggar, you're starving too. They didn't have nothing either. And finally one of them said, you know, why sit we here till we die? If we go back into the city, there we are going to starve and die. If we sit right here, we're going to die but if we get up and go to the camp of the syrians they have food and they could save us and if they kill us we will but die so the choice was to go back to stay or to go well praise god the choice was to go backwards to stay in a stagnant spot or get up and step out in faith into the unknown and these men were hungry enough that they said you know what the only place we have any hope is to go to the syrians because there's no food anywhere
1: else the only place we have any hope is to get up and go And so they got up, these four shuffling lepers, and and I don't know how it worked. I'd love to know, but somehow God made these four lepers that were shuffling down to this camp, uh, made them sound like an army coming, uh, made them sound like chariots, uh, to the point that that Syrian army got up uh, and ran for their lives and fled. And these four lepers walked into this abandoned camp. And there they had tables set with meals prepared. They sat down and began to eat. They found all kinds of treasures that they took. And they hid them. And oh, they were having a great time. They were enjoying that they had found something that was going to save them and to keep them. But
0: there came a point in time I don't know how long they were sitting in there, but there came a point in time when they realized that they weren't doing right. Because behind them, there was still a city that was full of starving people. And they had everything that they needed. Their need had been met. They had plenty and to spare. They were stuffed fool. They had ham bones sticking out of their pockets. They had everything they needed. But they said, we don't do
1: well. So they go back and they, they tell them that hey man this camp's a fan. They didn't believe him so they sent out a spy and when they found out that it was true that whole city went running into that camp and found the food and found the sustenance that they needed to survive. But it happened because there were four men who were hungry enough to get up and to go not knowing what was ahead of them, not knowing what the enemy would do but realizing their only hope wants to get up and go! Praise God. I know this ain't a Christmas message. You're just going to have to forgive me. Amen. But I'm telling you what, there's got to be a point in time when we get so hungry for God that we're not content to sit in that camp and gorge ourselves. But we realize that there's a city that's dying, that is starving, and we have the answer. Are we going to be hungry enough to get up and go tell them where their hope is, where their Answer is where their salvation is. Amen. We come in here, we enjoy worshiping together. We enjoy the power of God and the presence of God. And while we're in here rejoicing, and while we're in here stuffing ourselves, there's folks out there dying on their way to a devil's
2: hell, and we have the
0: But are we hungry enough to go and tell them hallelujah. You know I love to see God heal the sick. I love hearing testimonies of God's provision. I love to see miracles. I'm telling you, the miracle I like to see the most is someone who walks in without hope, bound and tormented by the things of this world, and they walk into the presence of God. To me, there's nothing more beautiful than seeing a sinner in an altar repenting. There's nothing more beautiful than tears flowing down their face There's nothing more beautiful than the look of
1: joy that comes over their face as they begin speaking in a tongue that they do not know as God fills them with His Spirit. a couple of weeks ago we saw a young lady filled with the Holy Ghost sitting right over here I tell you when she stood up there was no doubt when you looked at her that something had happened the joy on her face I'm telling you because she found something she found something that she was longing for she was hungry enough and God filled her I'm telling you it's the most beautiful thing that we could ever see. And there's hundreds, yeah, thousands of folks that are searching, that are hungry, that are starving and they're looking for something. And we have the answer. But are we hungry enough to go?
0: Are we hungry enough? are we content to be us four and no more? Sharing wonderful blessings in the camp of the enemy that God has given. Are we going to be content with just the four? Hey man, I'm preaching to myself tonight. Are we content to be us four and no more? Are we hungry enough to get up? And then, when we find what we've been looking for, are we hungry enough still to go find more? I was raised in the church. I don't know any other life than the church. It's all I've known. I couldn't imagine what it would be like to live without God. Yeah, I've been cold. I've been backslid on a church pew. but I've never left. I don't say that bragging. I don't know what it's like out there. But not every person in this place tonight has that testimony. Some of us know what it is to be out there. I thank God that I don't. But I'm telling you, I'm hungry enough that I, And I realize how blessed that I've been, that I'd love to see some babies out there born in here. Some folks that have lived the roughest of lives come in here, can raise their children to know a whole completely different life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, oh, but their kids are wild hooligans. Yeah, just give them a little bit of time. Hey, amen you give them a little bit of time they'll be just as wild hooligans as my kids are all our kids are wild hooligans some of the time but i'm telling you what you get them in the presence of god enough raise them up in the house of god hey man you can break a generational curse because somebody was hungry enough to get out there and tell them what they needed to lead them to the table Oh, hallelujah. In Mark chapter 8, verse number 31, we have, to me, a very sobering passage of Scripture. It says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to... To rebuke him. This part of the story has always just amazed me. To think Peter was such a bold man. Sometimes to his own detriment. And this was one of those times. When he begins to rebuke Jesus. Think about that. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter. I'm just going to tell you, you can rebuke God if you want to. But when he rebukes you, it's a whole different thing. Amen. He rebuked Peter saying, get thee behind me, Satan. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of God. Of men and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also he said unto them whosoever will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whosoever will save his life shall lose it but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's the same shall save him for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Jesus sat there and he told his disciples what was getting ready to take place. But you know what the what Peter And most likely, some of the rest of the disciples, most of them probably were thinking was not the same thoughts that Jesus was thinking. They were yet still thinking of an earthly kingdom. And him dying was not in their plans. Peter began to rebuke him. And then Jesus turned around and rebuked him, saying, get thee behind me, Satan. Savor us not the things that be of God. Savoring, striving, craving the wrong things. Well, hallelujah. I believe that we have many appetites. Amen. I believe there are many things in life that we have an appetite for. And the one, <clears throat> the things that we feed are the things that are going to dominate our lives. In our flesh, there's lots of things that we, different things maybe that we fight, that we face, temptations. Things that we desire that we've got to constantly or it's something that maybe I have a weakness. You may not have it. Okay. Maybe something I like you don't like. You understand what I'm saying? And if those things, if I choose to feed those things, they're going to become the dominant things in my life. But if we have an appetite for God and that's the appetite that we feed, those other things are going to pass away. Well, praise God. I've seen folks that had a tremendous calling of God on their life. Tremendously gifted and talented. But instead of letting that savor and that thing that they desire be the kingdom of God, they get wrapped up into themselves and their abilities and their talents. They begin to feed the wrong things until finally they're performing for their own glory instead of for the glory of God. Because they're feeding the wrong appetites. Oh, yes, sir. yes sir. Amen, and I have seen it led to the destruction, to the destruction of folks that were tremendously talented, tremendously called of God, anointed of God, because all of a sudden they got an appetite for something that was not of God. And instead of putting it down on the altar, instead of crucifying it and putting it under subjection, they began to feed it. Maybe it was a little bit at the beginning, just a little bit here and a little bit there. And that
1: thing continued to grow in them and they began to feed it more and more and more. And they began to feed their appetite for God less and less until that thing that at one time was just small began to dominate their life and let them out of the house of God because they savored the wrong thing.
0: Jesus said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Question tonight is, what are we hungry for? What are we hungry for? What are we hungry for? for? I've seen with some folks that it's money. Possessions desire to be something great in this world to the point that it became their drive in life became more important than the house of God was. Taking on more and more work, trying to make more and more money so they could buy more and more things. Maybe it was just so that they could have a bigger bank account. But pretty soon those numbers in that bank account became more important to them than God did. Amen. Boy, it's quiet tonight, and that's all right. That's all right. I've seen some that desired to have a spouse and they found the perfect one. The perfect one. Of course, they weren't in church, but you know, I can get them in church. And eventually, time went on, and yeah, they got their spouse but they didn't get their spouse in church it actually usually goes the other direction and out they go i know of one that actually admitted that she traded god for her man amen and they don't have a wonderful marriage never will Praise God. I'm not trying to be negative tonight. But I know that God has something very special for us. Yes, sir. But if we're going to see it, we got to hunger for it. Yes. Yes. It's got to be that driving desire inside of us. Amen. Not just that I can know who he is and I can feel his power. But that I can be
1: available for him to use in whatever manner he wants to use me. Amen. Too often we try to dictate and try to tell God exactly how we want to be used. It what not matter. We want Him to use us. But I'm telling you, the day that we're living in, we've got to make ourselves available to Him and subject ourselves to Him.
0: I believe that Peter desired an earthly position. Amen. Maybe he saw himself with some power. But he didn't understand what God had for him. There finally did come a day when Peter did submit himself completely to the plan of God. And I'm going to tell you something. Peter suffered greatly for the kingdom of God. Tradition says he was crucified upside down, died a martyr for the kingdom of God. You see somewhere along the line, Peter's focus changed from an earthly to a heavenly. Somewhere I believe that he got his mind off what he wanted. Submitted himself to what God wanted. God used him so powerfully on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 10 when he went and preached to the Gentiles. Over and over again he was imprisoned. Went through some rough things but God used him so mightily. When his focus got in on the right thing. Yes. Yes. I know right now our focus is on presents. And food. And fun. And fellowship. But even amongst the time of year that we are. With all of the fanfare that comes with Christmas. Our number one focus should be on the kingdom of God. I'll give you hope. I know this is different tonight. I have felt it in my soul today. What are we focusing on? What is our focus on? Is our focus in on how important we are? Because you know what? We're nothing. Well, praise the Lord. That didn't go over very good. But we're nothing. And maybe I'm going to step on some toes right now and make somebody upset. But I'll tell you what. Sometimes we get the idea that we are completely unreplaceable. But I'm telling you what. None of us are unreplaceable. It's not one of us that God can't move somebody into our place. If our focus gets in on the wrong things, begin focusing on things that are not of God, get our focus all out of whack, I'm telling you, we could be replaced. That spot that you've sat in for years somebody else could make that their spot. You say, well, I'll never let that happen. Well, let me tell you something. We get our focus on the wrong things. You probably won't care anymore. I read a story one time. It was, a, to me, a very heartbreaking story. These folks had some foster children they looked like a model couple. They looked like the perfect American family. Good jobs, nice house, nice subdivision. They looked like a perfect family. Took these children in. And I don't remember how long they had them. It was quite some time. Had gone on and gone by. Came a checkup someday. Came into this house of this perfect family. They found these children locked up in a room, malnourished, starving, crying for help. These folks who were so wrapped up in themselves, what they brought these kids in was to make a little extra money. They neglected them, they starved them, they locked them in these rooms by themselves, would leave them there alone and leave the house to go do their thing. Everything looked perfect from the
1: outside.
0: But on the inside, there were some children screaming and crying, starving. And how sad is it that when we can look just perfect from the outside
1: we still look the part we're still faithful to the house of God everything looks good because we we make sure we look right but unfortunately there's some things in our heart we've opened up the wrong doors and we're feeding the wrong things and behind the door somewhere in our heart there's a relationship with God that is crying out because it's not being fed there's a relationship and it's dying because it's not being fed It still looks good. It still looks right. But
0: inside there's something dying. It stand with me tonight. What appetites are you feeding? What appetite are you feeding? What appetite are we feeding? Are we feeding that old appetite of building ourselves up? Are we letting ourselves be abased that He can be exalted?
1: Are we feeding that appetite for Him?
0: Or is our focus off running around somewhere in this life? What are you hungry for? When's the last time that you really came and filled yourself up at an old-fashioned altar?
1: When's the last time that you walked out of the house of God filled to overflowing, ready to go and do something for God, desiring above everything else to do something for Him?
0: When's the last time that you left full? I'm hungry tonight you'd like to talk to the Lord this altar's open. if you'd like to come and make sure you're full
1: I don't want anything be there to block me I don't want to be feeding the wrong things oh sometimes it can start out so innocently but God let me find those things and root it out God I want to be hungry for you my desire is to be what you want me to be. My desire is to be available to you. My desire is to get up, God. Lord, to get up from my place of comfort because I'm hungry.
0: Because I'm hungry. I'm hungry for you.
1: I need you.